0: hi guys welcome back to mind shack episode 7 on toxic beliefs in africa my name is athena and i'm joined by christina and i'm joined by so mind shack is a gen z podcast that focuses on discussing societal issues entrepreneurial leadership and borders on topics in psychology for africans please check us out on all relevant social media at mind underscore shack underscore particularly Instagram this is where you'll get the most updates and you can find us also on all podcast platforms including our newest YouTube channel don't forget to subscribe also so today I said before our topic will be toxic beliefs in Africa so in addition to our perspectives as host, we also have a wonderful guest ready to share a lot of her knowledge and experience with us so Mara would you like to introduce yourself yourself so why exactly Are you here today?
1: Hi, um, my name is Moira Nyoyke. I study social sciences in the African Leadership University. Um, I wanted to be involved today in this specific topic because it's a topic that I have been involved with and is kind of close to home.
0: Well, we're very happy to have you on today's episode. Um, So let's start. So first of all, to break down toxic beliefs, we wanted to um, first of all have a definition of belief. So belief is an opinion conviction of something that a person holds to be true. For example, it could be um, faith in God. Yeah, that's a belief. Um, According to many sources, a toxic belief refers to negative repercussions associated with a belief that may affect any individual or community itself so do you guys um experience toxic beliefs in your personal lives i mean definitely there are a lot of toxic beliefs that i live with but i say they're two
2: toxic beliefs i don't know if they're african maybe they're just they're just general but two things first of all the first one is if something is too easy it's probably wrong that's just (laughs) that's probably that's just the way i think like if if i do something and it's, and I've done it really easily. I end up questioning and overthinking and redoing it seven times, which is a, like a toxic belief. And then also another one is, is um, if I'm not working or productive in some way, that probably reduces my value. So that's another toxic belief I have that I'm working on. But I think self-awareness is um, the first the first step to, I think, breaking a toxic belief. But what about JC and Moira, what do you guys think? What, what toxic beliefs do you guys have?
3: All right, I'll go ahead next. Um, yeah, for me, off the bat, I, if anything personal, because I have like a, call it a type of personality, I can definitely relate to what Christina said. Whenever I feel like uh, time is moving and I'm doing things that are not efficient and productive, by all means, every second of the day, I feel... I feel hard on myself. So my toxic beliefs on a personal level lie in that nature. But then if we're gonna speak like on a broader perspective a little bit culturally, um, I think toxic beliefs for me lie around uh, things that essentially just hold us back. Um, things that uh, we grew up on in like traditional perspectives maybe on a family household and they hold us back. One thing that's coming into mind, it's coming strong is Growing up in a household where your parents feel, um, they, they teach you respect, right? Respect is important, highly, highly important, but in like cultural homes, traditional homes, I've always felt like it it there's a fine line and it feels as though it's getting like really shoved down my throat and you can't speak up. So I've always kind of struggled with that. And I always compare myself at times, my white counterparts in South Africa sometimes, and, and just feel how they have this kind of uh, more comfortability with speaking out and speaking up. So that's one that kind of stands in mind for me.
1: I think for me, toxic beliefs are very rooted in how I was brought up and like maybe my, my family dynamic. Cause for me, a toxic belief is if I can't necessarily make my family members happy, it's a problem. I think there's a lot of toxic beliefs that have a foundation in patriarchy. And I think um, a toxic belief that a lot of women have is that our successes, it's fine for our successes to be quiet, but the man should be praised.
0: Well, I totally agree with you. Personally, for me, more than often, I think I've experienced this personal belief where I felt like I was a failure just because I couldn't get something done just by the deadline or just because I it didn't reach my expectations. But then, um, through a lot of research, I realized that these are beliefs that are formed, again, through the traditions, through the culture, through your family, just because of your environment. A lot of those beliefs can be in the form of oneself, or it can be because of people, or just because of the world. But mainly, again, it's due to traditions and cultures around us. So. Can we say that it affects certain communities only or should we say that toxic beliefs affects everyone?
2: It affects everyone in my view.
1: I think the definition of a toxic belief is different everywhere, but I think every community has their own toxic belief.
2: There's this this one toxic belief that, that I think my, not just my family, but my community believes the belief that the West is best have you guys ever like heard anything like that as an African person that just basically when you go to the West you know life is just better you have better opportunities I don't know you just come back with money that's the just the perspective that until I went to the West I was just like guys we need to stop comparing ourselves all the time but
0: yeah have you guys ever heard of that I don't think it's a belief anymore in some ways it became a reality just because a lot of people believed in it and made it a reality. Um, personally, Mauritius, we can see that we've been westernized to some extent.
3: I think I can agree too. Uh, yeah, this, the West is best. It's a true thing. And like maybe what Athena is speaking on, like speaks, to the real, like speaks to the reality of it. For African countries, the idea of development is, is international countries. So in that, in that lies that idea that it's always going to be West is best. But in contrary, I genuinely just love the idea of like, oh, I think we all do, and you really at least accept your culture, the diversity in Africa. Honestly, there's no other continent with as much diversity as we have. And the beauty in that is like where there's a balance you need to find between like things that are toxic you need to let go and things that are genuinely part of the culture and will propel you further than other continents have it
1: for me i think when it comes to the western like i think it started as a belief then it became like a deep-rooted mentality for africans where it started becoming toxic when we started viewing our growth like compared to the countries in the west which i think makes us view ourselves as less because of course we're not there yet in terms of development but I think this whole Westernized mentality has really stopped us from actually seeing what we're doing well. Cause it's always, Oh, we've not yet reached this point. we have not yet reached this point. But if we viewed Africa and African countries, just as African countries and compare our successes within the continent and like stay away from this, westernized concepts and ideas i think our mentality about our like our countries
0: would change a lot i think we all agree to some extent well in light of african countries well we have chosen um to talk about two specific subtopics under toxic beliefs um for today's episode i think we'll be talking about child marriages so in many african countries such as Nigeria, Liberia, Sudan, child marriage is a common cultural practice that forces girls to get into marriage at a young age. So, um, in 2015, the UN reported that approximately 15 million girls experience child marriages per year. That's a lot. And I just wanted to get your views on this. Do you think that's a toxic belief that should be, well, should it exist? You know, initially,
2: when I first understood the concept of child marriages, first of all, just put this picture in your head. A 12-year-old girl with a 50-year-old man. Just fathom that. I know. Disturbing. We move. Anyway, but looking at that type of relationship, um, I really questioned how could that even be because it it just looks wrong, right? So I was doing a little bit of research on some history and stuff, and I found out that child marriages were really just to connect families because you see life was very unstable. Yeah, like they weren't sure they'd get resources or not. So by marrying off the child, uh, there was a high, like that would connect the family, and then therefore they they'd struggle together in a sense. So that was the mentality that they had. However. With time, um, people continue to marry the child. However, the child wouldn't actually go and live with um, the husband until they grew a little bit older. But that's, only, that's in some cases, that's not always the case. Um, so I think that's why there's a lot of reluctance in, in communities to, to ban child marriages. But I still think, in my own opinion, even after understanding why they're doing it, I don't think child marriages should be a thing because there are other ways now to stabilize families, there are other ways uh, for for families to find help or aid. And I don't think they have to kind of lose the child's innocence um, just for security. But I could be saying that from a, you know, privileged point of view. That's just my opinion.
0: A lot of it was also related to poverty. I was reading a few articles too, and it was saying how child marriages were actually occurring before because they wanted again to fix the problem of poverty and just help um each family again to be more stable. So, um I looked up like few testimonies and I saw this woman, well, now she's 19 and she was talking um about her marriage ever since she was 15. Yeah. So, She said that she faced a lot of problems in her marriage. Um, She didn't know how to be a wife um, and she got pregnant. And at the same time, she was forced to do all the housework. She was forced to also work, deal with the in-laws and uh, while she was pregnant, she had to do it all by herself. Again, relating to her being, staying on her side most of the time and not necessarily being connected to her husband. So I do believe that even though um, child marriages were happening to connect people before, it's still happening now.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. I think part of the issue is the way the cultural system is set up doesn't feel like women are like, valued enough. The way it feels, Christina, I think it aligns with what she said. The way it feels is though, is women are being married off to guys and it's in the hope that the, that the family name continues, right? And so the idea of the woman somewhat serving the purpose and goal of what the guy needs to achieve is like part of the problem. And that's where it kind of ties in with Athena too, where at times the thoughts and or perspective and or general life growth the woman has gone through to bring her to the point she's at in her life is not considered at all. It's just there's a certain means that needs to be achieved and women are therefore just thrown in there without any kind of preparation. And it's a sad, sad life they live in.
1: Completely agreeing with what JC is saying is for years, the woman, especially, actually, before colonial times, like women were actually viewed as more of the stable person at home. But what happened was when things like economy and money and things like that started coming in, women weren't allowed to work. So they couldn't bring anything home. So it was a thing of you're just sitting at home doing nothing. You know, that was the mindset of let me marry you off and get something back. So women started being viewed as objects, objects of gain back to the family. So it was a thing of... I'm going to marry her off so, cause she's not adding anything to the house currently. And that was what, that was the mindset. And it was at least she can bring something back to the family by dowry or, you know, getting connects with, uh, you know, prominent family or something. And at this point it wasn't right then, and it still isn't right, but it's a thing of, in those cultures, the idea that a woman is only there for the a man or for being in the kitchen or for giving birth should completely be put down because right now like a lot of cultures still don't view the woman as equal as the man in terms of bringing back to the house you know as a provider and that's why it was so easy to just let let them go so you can gain something from them
3: Right now we're going to a quick break and then Athena will pick up from where we left off. This break is one to say thank you. Thank you to our listener for your feedback, for engaging with our podcast on our various social media as we work to improve and incorporate it. We urge you to continue to do so as we set sail. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed the rest of the episode.
0: Well, another view of this um of uh, this toxic belief was that actually a unicef executive director actually compared how valentine's day is associated with romance flowers and marriage proposals for many girls yet for millions of girls in africa marriage is not a choice but it's more of an unwelcome end to their childhood and even their future so she proposed to ban child marriages, invest in education, and also empower young people and families and communities about bringing positive changes. Do you think this is the way to go and this is how we could potentially fix child marriages as African?
3: I'll go ahead first with this one. I think um, it kind of feels like the first thing that comes to mind this is like very opinion based, what i share. I feels like it's Right, it's the, it sounds like the right approach at first hand, but if the people that are instilling and or practicing this across the continent don't accept it and feel as though their culture and traditions are the way forward with it, it's not necessarily in my view gonna go down to well. So I definitely think there's a way this can be handled. Um, but it's, I don't know, the word kind of that comes to mind is it needs an essence of like uh, something in between of like empathy and uh, understanding both parties and reaching a common agreement and ground as to how to take on marrying a child way too young.
1: Okay, um, for me, it's a thing of, an example is like even if I was to go to I guess my village, you see how many girls my age already are married, and that's that's a custom in the like Maasai culture. Like even now, like it's it's still normal, and there are still so many people like elders, Maasai elders, trying to fight for child marriages to stay. And what's happening is people are trying to show like women are more than this, so, like education i think is a big factor that can play in like abolishing child marriages like she can she can go learn and she can get educated and actually work you know so i think there are very many aspects because what what happens is these cultures are like this is our tradition you know this is what has been instilled in us since you know since we could remember and as jc said like understanding and reaching a point where the tradition is not being, I mean, compromised, but no one is like rights of the child, you know, are, are not also being affected and things like child marriages um, need to to end, but they don't feel like that their culture and their tradition is being compromised.
2: I definitely agree with what Mora said. And I do think that these things take time like AOU students know like some of these issues cathedral building you know we may not see the 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 end result but working towards it slowly because I think if we were if people to were to enter these communities and tell them how to live their lives that will probably create way more resistance than if you were to you know communicate to them like there's a reason why we're saying think about it differently you know like or, or partnering with um Let's say an elder for example, to educate them and help them understand that when you know like when you marry off a child very young there's a reduced chance of them being able to get an education and different things and I know that's actually a whole other belief that uh, communities don't don't like the idea that at least let's say like the girl child um, gets educated so that's even more education that needs to come in place so that's that's to say that there's so many factors that affect child marriages that it has to be treated delicately but definitely like with patience um but perseverance that's, that's what I
0: think that's all I agree with you guys um I think child marriage um in order to pretty much fight it, we need to invest in education that's the first thing um also, well, alongside another popular toxic belief in Africa would be uh, FGM, female genital mutilation, also known as female genital cutting. Um, it is the ritual cutting or uh, removal of some of, or all of the external fem- female genitalia. Um, it is recognized internationally as a violation of human rights of girls and women. Um, in many, I mean, for many, it reflects deep-rooted inequality between the sexes, and even constitute an extreme form of discrimination against women. So, um, most of the time, it's carried out on minors, and is a violation of rights of children. What do you guys think about this practice and this toxic belief, considering that more than 26 countries in Africa practice it? Ah, FGM. First of all, just when I was
2: first getting educated about it, the idea completely irked me out because cutting the genesis- oh my god. Athena's already described it. um, but I think the reason it really hits home, not just because I'm a female, but because I think the actual cause of it is kind of problematic in my view. Um, I mean, you guys can add on. maybe this isn't the full information, but one of the reasons was to to decrease the chances of like infidelity in relationships because the woman would be less likely to you know go sleeping around because it'd be painful. Um, and also to ensure the virginity of the woman. So when I heard that history, different to child marriages, where I kind of understood where they were coming from, even though it was also problematic, this one kind of felt like it was just encouraging the idea that women are commodities. You know, that you're just going to buy the woman the same way you buy a cow, and the same way a cow produces milk, this woman will produce children, and she won't sleep with your brother. And, you know, and I just... I think as an educated woman today, it really just frustrates me that a lot of girls are still experiencing this and still being treated like a commodity.
1: You already covered some of it, but the whole idea of FTM is because the part they cut off is like, I guess, you're the pleasure center. So it's a thing of you won't enjoy it. So <laughs> you can't cheat, you know? So what happens is like sex just can't, becomes purely for. The pleasure of the man and for you to get pregnant it has nothing to do with you with your pleasure with nothing so they cut off the what is it the cut off the clit and some other areas so you literally don't feel like there is no you you have no pleasure and what also happens is like i know from like in the Maasai culture, what happens is there's one person and they use the same knife, like it's a whatever knife, like it's holy or what, what but it's, they use one knife. And sometimes, like, let's say I turn um, the age of circumcision and I have a baby sister, because my parents cannot afford to do the ceremony more than once just to save up on cost, to save up on this. So oh, I'll amazing. be like 16 And my 11 year old sister is also going through FGM and it's a thing of, okay, why, you know, why do you do this?
3: It's one of those things where you kind of had a loss for words. (laughs) I'm sitting here as the only guy, um, break down how these things go down and yo, I'm speechless. I'm really speechless. Like when you think about human rights, if you ever, if the devil were out there and you really wanted to create a list of uh, human rights, a list of ways to um, damage a person's human rights, take away a person's human rights, that is definitely top three. At FGM practice, um, that practice is, it's different. It's different. And you spoke on, you spoke on like, uh, the ways people have tried to stop it and how the people that practice the tradition are very much for it and i don't know maybe you can clarify this but it feels like to some level to the um, so it's people it's the older generation that i would suspect is practicing it and or the younger generation yeah. somewhat also in a weird way before we spoke about practices where the younger generation doesn't necessarily accept it they aren't necessarily happy with it but in this case let's try bar the part where they get shunned in this case somewhat i don't know I've, i caught an air of it feels like they do accept it too because they're because they're my size and it's the life they live
0: yeah do you guys think these beliefs are toxic at the end of the day or do you think they're justified
3: i think i think um yeah like it's it's culture it's tradition it's So first thing that comes to mind is like I have a perspective, I have a lens that I would speak on, based on the fact that I've lived a certain way that hasn't so much been like cultural based and been more like faith based and religion, and so I've shunned culture and so shunned culture and tradition in some nations. So easy for me to want to speak on culture, essentially not being um, or those specific practices we've spoken about not being practices that are are great at all Mm -hmm. i mean at a human rights level at the end of the day you know some things we've spoken about yeah completely completely out of line and to me just it just doesn't make sense um but there's probably things we also haven't spoken about that tie into some of these beliefs and or traditions practices um in reasoning as to why they're done and so I must say, on the cultural side, I am not saying necessarily that it's uh, correct, but I'd love to know, like, on a deeper level, there's probably more. There's probably, like, more depth to exactly why they do what they're doing. It would be good to know that. But on my standpoint, it's easy. Right off the bat, I don't think a lot of those practices are justified in any way. But that doesn't speak to all the other practices that are going on out in the world um, on, on a cultural level. There are also some beautiful practices that are being done and these are practices that are that need more light
0: well i think i'll need to agree with you jc um i'm sharing the same views on these um toxic beliefs um what about you christina what do you think of it do you think they're justified absolutely not I'm,
2: I'm very different from JC. I'm putting my foot down. I'm being very straightforward. Maybe it's just the feminist in me. I don't know. But I really do not think that there is a need for them in today's world. Um, I do think that there needs to be a bit more education on the topic so that everybody can understand why it's fair and not necessarily demonize them. I don't think we should demonize anyone's culture. There's no right and there's no wrong. But personally, for me, I... I don't I don't think it's necessary anymore.
1: I very strongly believe in the conservation of our African like culture and our African traditions. However, I don't agree with any sort of tradition that compromises the health of the person that compromises the life of the person and whether it's the mental health, physical health, emotional health and things like FGM and early marriages I think they came from a very a place that was like just like completely men (laughs) no like not men like men but like the patriarchy was very strong and it was very strong and I feel like once a lot of things with Africans is just purely their mentality And once we start raising, like let's say us, our generation, once we start raising our children with different narratives, as I said before, in different ways, but we're not losing our culture, then no one is getting
0: hurt. So, thank you for listening to this episode on toxic Beliefs in Africa. If you want more information, if you just want to check out more episodes, follow us on at mine underscore shag underscore on Instagram. And... Even check out our other episodes on our newest YouTube channel. Bye, guys! Bye!
3: Thank you so much. Cheers, y'all.